Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we're going to be ranking the original Disney princesses. For those of you who don't know who they are, we have Pocahontas, Jasmine, Snow White, Cinderella, Ariel, Mulan, Beauty and the Beast, and Sleeping Beauty. And I believe those are our eight. I am not well-versed enough in Disney princesses to know if we forgot any of them. So if we did, apologies to that princess. Yeah, we thought about doing ones like Rapunzel or Elsa, but then we decided against it because that would have been a ton of princesses to rank. So we figured we could do this as like our original Disney princesses and then maybe do a separate episode in the future with the more like modern updated Disney princesses. I guess my question for you is how into Disney princesses were you when you were little? I feel like I really liked Disney princesses, but also I only had brothers. I did not have any sisters. And so there was a limit to how much one could be into Disney princesses when the rest of your family is not that into it. So I liked them, but also I definitely did not watch like all the movies because... You know, it just wasn't what the rest of my family particularly cared for, which is fine. What about you? I definitely remember watching some of them. I don't think I've watched all of the ones in the list. And if I have, I haven't watched them in full. I remember I went through a phase where I was really obsessed with the live action Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh, yeah. I was like super into it. And then... I forget what it was, too. There was one version where they made a live action, but it was, like, with an all-African-American cast. And I remember one time when I was homesick, I think my uncle was watching me, and I made him watch it with me. That's awesome. So what did you like about the live action movie? It's been a while, so I don't quite remember. I think it was probably the singing and the outfit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good reason to, to like shows. You know, that's part of the reason why I really liked Cruella. In terms of uh, Disney shows, not even shows, movies. I still need to see that. I know you talk about it. It's so good. It's like Project Runway, but in a movie and it's fantastic. I love it. Kind of reminds me of The Devil Wears Prada. I think I just really like fashion shows. I think that's I think that's the gist of this conversation. Have you seen Next in Fashion? I think I tried watching it like once or twice. But I don't think I liked it. It's the one that's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Kyle and I have watched it. And I think for me personally, I don't quite understand high fashion. And so anything that I thought looked cool and was something that someone could wear, the judges never liked. And all the stuff that I thought was ridiculous and over the top and maybe semi-hideous, depending on the outfit, they all loved. I could see that. There were definitely moments where like, I've watched fashion-based shows and I felt the same. Also, I already finished our book, Spin the Dawn, that we're going to be reading in the summer because, you know what? I just needed a dose of fashion in my life, so I already read it. I'm excited for that one. I have not read it yet. I'll save my thoughts for when we talk about it. Can't spoil anything. If anyone wants to get ahead, I think that will be our August book. Mm -hmm. So shall we start off with our rankings and kind of just talking about how we decided to rank them? Yeah. Welcome to the last minute world my life is right now. I ranked them, what, four minutes and 12 seconds ago when we started recording. And my number one princess is Mulan. And I'll hypothetically, not really, 
fight anybody who disagrees that she's not a princess. I totally agree. I feel like Mulan is kind of like the turning point in Disney princesses where Disney princesses went from being more so like helpless pining after men to, oh, look, we're women who can actually do something for ourselves. Yeah, I love Mulan. The songs are great. And I like what you're saying about how it was definitely one of those movies where she wasn't sitting around waiting for the prince to come and save her. She was like, I got to go save China. I don't have time for you right now. Exactly. So Mulan was also my number one. I feel like it's just a very solid choice for Disney princesses. I feel like the message is good. The songs are fantastic. I like the old style animation. There's just so many good things about this movie. I like the old style Disney animation. I do too. And I feel like if they brought it back more, I feel like people would be more into it because this is like kind of a stretch. But you know how a lot of kids nowadays really like anime? And it's still that like cartoon 2D style rather than like that 3D rendered on the computer style. That's why I think it would be popular because I think it's like, it's not like anime, but it kind of is in the way that it's like this 2D flat animation style. I totally agree with that. Again, it could be part of the nostalgia aspect, but I feel like that's what I think of when I think of a Disney princess movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that style. I will say kind of related since it's about Mulan but not related because it's not about animation I have not watched and I don't think I will ever watch the live action Mulan and that is because there are no songs or at least that's what I heard I mean I would believe you because I remember a lot of people said that they didn't like it I have also never watched it I think I would consider watching it for curiosity's sake but I'm also like a little apprehensive about it I don't want it to ruin my experience with the original Mulan movie. Okay, Google's not being helpful right now, but I'm pretty sure I read that. Also, Mulan 2, I think I might have saw it once. I don't really like sequels. I think that's very fair. I think that Mulan 2, I think I watched it as well, and I was, like, not super impressed. What is your number two Disney princess? My number two is Beauty and the Beast. And I think that that's because as a kid, I related so hard to Belle. I was like, you're this girl who just wants to read and live her life very peacefully. I was like, this is exactly this is exactly what I want to do. I was like, I just want to read all day. So that's why she's my number two. I don't know if I saw Beauty and the Beast when I was little. Like, it's not one I remember watching a lot. So I don't know if I saw it once and just didn't remember I think I did not notice this as a child but I think this one could fall in the category of slightly problematic Disney princess storylines yeah I did see the Emma Watson live action remake and from what I remember she's basically trapped in this castle and then that's when she eventually falls in love with him and I feel like that's not great messaging oh it's definitely not great messaging the only reason why I put it as my number two is because I related so hard to her interests. I was like, oh, it's a Disney princess like me. But no, I think there's definitely some not so great messaging in there. I put Cinderella as my Disney princess number two. I think that might be cheating because I think that was primarily based on the nostalgia of the live action Rodgers and Hammerstein more so than the actual Disney animation. But that's how it felt. 
Yeah, I put Cinderella as my number three, so pretty similar to you. And the reason why I did is because she's a very hardworking princess. And so I felt like, you know, she deserves a lot of good things in her life. And I don't know, I thought the story was like, it was cute. Probably not my favorite story, but I think that as a person, I can respect it. I think something as a young child, there was something magical about the scenes when like the pumpkin transforms, she transforms, and then it's like that classic Disney princess. Yes, it's like that magic moment, you know, I feel like that's one of the nice things about having Cinderella as a princess is you have this sort of magic that happens that is not present in some of the other movies as much. So my next, which I think is my number three, I put Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I think that was based more so on my feelings on The Little Mermaid as a whole, more so than her, because I don't really remember that much about her. And as I told you before we recorded, when I went to Disney when I was seven, I got a Prince Eric Barbie doll. I love it. So I'm interested to see what happens with this live action remake that's coming out. I know that there's been like a lot of controversial opinions about it. And some people are like, I'm so excited for it. And other people are like, I'm not excited for it. I think we can all agree that Flounder is not as cute as we thought Flounder would be. But that's okay. Okay, wait a minute. Not as cute is putting it nicely. I think he's kind of scary. Okay, I feel like I need to look Flounder up again because I don't think he was that bad, was he? I mean, I think it depends on the picture you look at. Flounder live action. Oh, yeah, he is kind of freaky looking. I just wish that he was more, like, vibrant, I guess. He's more like Ray. They had such an opportunity to make everything under the sea super vibrant and they didn't take it. That's kind of sad. But yeah, I think Ariel's a pretty good choice. Whenever I think of The Little Mermaid, I always think of that one moment where she wears that really sparkly dress and then comes out of the water. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Honestly, not really. I don't think I've seen this in so long. The dress is iconic. It's like this one-shoulder glittery dress that's like floor length. I think it's either like a bluish or like a purplish color. And it's when she gets her legs and is like walking back to the shore. It's like one of my favorite dresses in all of Disney. So again, I like it for the fashion. What do you think about the Little Mermaid messaging on our like messaging ranking princess scale? So I think message wise, it's probably not the greatest. I think that showing young girls that you should sacrifice almost everything for a boy is probably not a good message to receive. I agree with you on that. Also, I don't know about the new Disney princess movies, but these also seem very focused on heterosexual relationships Mm -hmm. and like making that the norm, which I feel like could also be problematic to some young children for not seeing equal representation of different types of relationships. So I weirdly have some insight on this. A while back, I read this book on Walt Disney, and I don't remember if I finished it or not, but I started reading it to learn a little bit more about his life and kind of just generally who he was. And one of the things that they talked about in this book was he would promote traditional family values through his films, because I think he had like some strained relations with his family, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's why in a lot of these films, there's like this concept of like a broken family. And then at the end, it's like your family is quote unquote whole in a more traditional sense, which I feel like 
reflects the time that it was made in. But I think that throughout time, like people have realized more and more that like families do not need to be a certain way to be a whole or a complete family. Like that's just not how it is. Like families look different everywhere. And I think to promote those values is a little off-putting. I agree with that. I think there's nothing wrong with having some of the stories be like that. I just think I'm trying to think of the newer princesses, but I think they still follow the general formula. I think they do. And I think that it might be in part because Disney's worried about stirring up any sort of controversy. But I look at it and people want to have representation, you know, and I think that it's important to represent different stories. Getting back to Ariel, one thing I will say is all of the songs in The Little Mermaid, so good. I would say it's probably up there right by Mulan in terms of the songs. Yeah, if we're talking songs, Mulan will forever be number one in my heart in all categories. Maybe not the fashion, but yeah, I think the songs in The Little Mermaid are better than Cinderella. I agree. I feel like the Cinderella songs are fun for little kids, like the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo song, like, oh. Little kids eat that up. But I feel like as you grow older, it's like, I mean, it's fine, but it's not as much of a bop as some of the other songs. Right. I don't know so much about The Little Mermaid, but at least with Mulan, for example, like I would bop along to that soundtrack now. Me too. Same. I think for for Mulan, I remember when I was uh, running when I was in high school, we used to always sing Be a Man. Uh, when we were holding our planks every time. <laughs> okay, that song is great. I love that song. It is fantastic. I'm like, it's so funny. All right, what did you put as your fourth choice? Because I had Ariel for my fourth. Okay, this is where things got kind of muddled because I either didn't remember watching them at all or if I'm just kind of like, I don't really have opinions on these. So... I'm just going to tell you the rest of my ranking because I feel like the rationale kind of ties into it all. So I have Snow White, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, Jasmine, and Sleeping Beauty. So Sleeping Beauty's last because I don't think I watched that or I kind of remember falling asleep during it. So can't make it through the movie. Sorry, she's not going to be that high up. And the rest of them, I just... Snow White and Beauty and Beast are higher because I remember that I watched them and I probably liked them. Mm-hmm. And then Pocahontas and Jasmine, I was kind of, I don't remember that much about them. I think I saw Pocahontas. I don't know if I even saw Aladdin. Is that where Jasmine's from? Yes. See? I don't even know. I think in terms of the rest of your rankings, I feel like you and I had like pretty similar rankings for like our bottom four, which I thought was interesting. I was like, oh, I didn't know that we were going to agree so much on these. I think that you make good points about them. If they're not super memorable, like why would you have them in the top four? My bottom couple, my fifth one was Pocahontas, sixth was Jasmine, seventh was Snow White, and eighth was Sleeping Beauty, which I think it's interesting that we both put Sleeping Beauty as dead last. I don't remember anything about that movie other than, like, I think she was asleep in a forest and then a prince maybe kisses her? That's Snow White. Wait, so how do they wake up Sleeping Beauty? Also with a kiss. But I don't know that she was in a forest. Maybe she was in a forest? I don't know. I know that there was the dragon and he fought the dragon and then he got there and then he kissed her and then she woke up. But I'm like, if your main character is asleep for literally half the movie, like, I'm sorry. 
What the heck? <laughs> Wait, there's a dragon? Yeah, I think there was there was for sure one in Sleeping Beauty. I remember because okay, I don't even think I've ever truly seen Sleeping Beauty. Like I may have one time and just not really recorded it. I don't know. Like not remembered. I don't know. But I know that at some point the guy faces off with this dragon who I think might have been the lady who made the the spindle thing that she pricked her finger on. Mm. Don't quote me on this. I could be totally off base. So if you're listening and you're yelling into your car right now or wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. But I know there was a dragon and he slayed the dragon to get to her so we could kiss her and wake her up. All I remember is the spindle. I remember the spindle. And then I also remember the two ladies who were like, I don't know if they were witches or fairies, but they would change change her dress blue and pink, blue and pink. You remember more than I do. Maybe I never even saw this. I feel like the thing about Disney princesses is that they're so present in our pop culture that you pick up enough details that you kind of get the gist of the movie. So I feel like then when you grow up in your R age, you can't actually remember for these ones whether you actually saw it. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, I feel like I may have seen it at least in part at some point, but I don't think I saw... I, I don't I have not watched it recently, but I do remember when I was younger, she was like my favorite Disney princess because I thought her hair was super pretty. I was like, oh, my God, her hair is so beautiful. Very superficial. On that note, I don't know if I saw Aladdin because all I know about Aladdin is that there's a magic carpet and there's Aladdin and there's Jasmine. And I think I might have liked some of Jasmine's outfits, but I'm not sure. Oh, let me fill you in on what happens in Aladdin. So essentially, there's this cave in the middle of the desert, and Aladdin gets sent in there to steal this lamp, and it's a genie lamp. And so, like, he gets the genie out of the lamp, and then he has three wishes, and he had met Jasmine, like, in the market, like, the day before, and he was like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. I wish that, like, she would date me or something along those lines. And so he wishes to make himself essentially very rich and powerful so that he can go and he can date her. And then a whole bunch of stuff goes down with this advisor named Jafar. And then they have a pretty epic battle scene and then they defeat Jafar. And that's the gist of it. Was it the genie who was Robin Williams? Yes, it was. I think, yeah, I think that was Robin Williams, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw that. Clearly, if I did, it did not stick around in my brain. So... I think I had seen it a while back, maybe when it was put on Disney Plus, and they had a whole disclaimer at the beginning where they were like, hey, we know that we have definitely stereotyped people in here and like we do not abide by this. So it's it's further down there on my list. I think that they definitely did make some not culturally sensitive calls for sure. But I think it's got some like, I don't know. It's one of those movies where it's like, I don't have a super strong opinion about it. But I will say, I think that Jasmine herself is like a little bit of a brat. I don't know why. I just kind of get that vibe off of her. Maybe it's just me. I think kind of similar. I feel like Pocahontas, all I remember is like the color of the wind song. But I think that could also have problematic cultural depictions of people. Yes. Yes. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen Pocahontas. So I think I just put it in the middle because I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't seen this one. So I'm going to put it in the middle. Yeah, I mean, all I know is one, that one song. And I think based on the real story of Pocahontas, I'm like, 
not really vibing with it. Yeah, I would agree with that. See, I feel like our top four were ones that we were like, we actually enjoyed these. And then like the other four were like, we had to rank these. So we ranked them. Yeah, I think the bottom of my ranking, their specific positions literally don't matter because I just equally either don't like them or have no opinion of them. I could see that. I could see that. One thing I was surprised about was that you put Snow White as number four, though. I put Snow White as number seven for mine. I did not like Snow White. I don't really have opinions on Snow White either. I think it was just there because with those that last grouping, I didn't really know what to do. So let me tell you why I don't like Snow White. So I don't like Snow White because it perpetuates this idea of women always having to take care of the men in their life. Like, to the point where I felt like, She was always taking care of these men, and I don't know. It just felt like she was the one doing all the work, and I feel like that's not a healthy or a balanced relationship, and so that's why I don't like Snow White. Plus, I don't know. I just feel like in terms of villains and heroes, like there weren't really striking villains or heroes. Like I look at, for example, like the Little Mermaid, like Ursula. What an interesting villain. Or I'm trying to think of who else had an interesting villain i don't know but i just feel like the characters were just not super strong in snow white okay so here comes my bad movie summary of snow white from what i remember obviously there's snow white there are there's some evil queen Mm -hmm. i think there might have been stepsisters involved because disney there's somebody who's jealous of her right i don't remember i don't i don't think so but i could be wrong Wait, isn't that the one where they're like, who's the fairest of them all? Yeah, but I think it was that her stepmom was jealous that she was the fairest of them all. Yes, I remember that. Okay, so maybe it's just a stepmom. And there's something to do with an apple. Yes, the poisoned apple. Oh my gosh. Ironically enough, one of our arts for the podcast episode I made in part based off of the poisoned apple. (laughs) Is it the caramel apple one? It is the caramel apple one. I was like, oh, I should make this a poisoned apple. Kind of like they did in Snow White. Yes. So if you are curious, you can go and you can check that out on our Instagram. It's up there somewhere. You might have to scroll back to like last fall. I love caramel apples. I do too. I I feel like it'd be fun to make them from scratch though. I feel like whenever I get them, I get them from the store. But I feel like making them from scratch would be fun. I oh, the thing is is that they always end up being harder to eat than I remember. You know cuz I always go in there thinking I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be able to figure it out. And then it's like cuz they start sliding on the stick and they don't stay in place. Oh. Mhm. I don't know. There's my opinions. I don't know how that relates to princesses. It relates. It relates. We're talking about apples, but do you like eat them like you would a normal apple on the stick? Like you don't cut them up? No, because they're on the stick. Doesn't that imply you should eat them off of the stick? I thought it was just so you don't have to get your hands dirty. (laughs) And so like your hands aren't sticky. So that's why it's on the stick. It's for easy picking up and putting down and then you cut it with a knife. I always took it as like a giant apple lollipop type situation. I feel like if you're in our audience, you have to let us know. How do you eat a caramel apple? Do you eat it like a caramel lollipop? apple or do you cut it up on a cutting board and eat the individual slices 
Yeah, but like, think about it. Like, fall, you're going to pick apples. You're at the orchard. They're selling some caramel apples. Where am I going to cut it in an orchard? Okay, I haven't been to an orchard in like forever. So I guess I just don't have that problem. I mean, I think your way of doing it is probably easier to consume the apple, but I feel like you just, why would you put it on a stick if I'm not supposed to just eat it? I think it's also the way that we did it is because I had siblings. So it'd be like if we had one or two caramel apples and there were several siblings, it'd be like, oh, we need to make sure that these apples last for everyone in the family. And so if you have one caramel apple per person, then it's more expensive. Whereas if you have like one or two and you share it amongst everyone, then everyone gets to try some, but you're not going through like five caramel apples. That could be it too, because it was just me. So I got my caramel apple and I could just go to town. Never know. Now I'm intrigued. I want to know how many people actually cut them up now. Have I been doing it wrong my whole life? I think it might also be circumstantial. Like if you're in the middle of an orchard and there's no readily available like knife to cut it up, like, yeah, I mean, I guess you could just eat it on the stick. But if you're like eating your caramel apple at home, I feel like it's one of those things where you could also just cut it up. I've gotten them from the store. I brought them back and I just started eating them on the stick. Like I never thought to cut them up. This fall, Leon, you'll have to try it. It's life changing. I feel like it's wrong. No, it's so, it's so great. And then you get like all the little bites and you can make sure the caramel's equally distributed to the apple ratio. That is one of the flaws because if you're just munching away, sometimes by the end, the part of the apple that's left has no caramel left. Yeah, it's just apple. So if you cut it up into slices, then your apple to caramel ratio stays consistent. And then the little butt pieces that nobody wants anyways now become the most desired pieces because they have the most caramel. So I feel like whenever we have these very random debates, Mark usually ends up texting me being like some sort of comment on it. And I feel like he listens to most episodes. So I'm just waiting. Mark, if you listen to this, please text me and tell me how you eat your caramel apples. It's for science purposes. It's our very scientific study. It definitely is. But yeah, so I don't know. Overall, in terms of circling back to the actual topic at hand, um, in terms of original Disney princesses, generally speaking, do you think you like the original Disney princesses better or the more modern Disney princesses better? Okay, I'm drawing a blank on anyone other than Elsa. There's Rapunzel, there's Tiana. I feel like the top ones of the original ones are better than the top ones of the new ones. But overall, I think there's more problematic messaging with the original Disney princesses compared to the modern day Disney princesses. For me, other than Mulan, if you wanted to slot them above anyone else, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I could see that. I would agree with that. I think the nostalgia aspect and the fact that Mulan was probably the least problematic princess of the originals, you can't topple her number one for me. I would agree with that. I feel like that's pretty fair. I think it'll be interesting to see, though, when we go back and rank the more modern Disney princesses to see kind of where they fall on the scale. I don't even know how many modern Disney princesses there are. Like, I feel like we got to we got to do some research. 
I don't think there's that many, which probably means I should actually watch the movies. And then maybe we can have more of a discussion on them. Because I don't think they're that many. Because originally, just a little tidbit for you all, we were going to rank all the Disney princesses together originally. And then we realized that would be a lot of ranking. And if we wanted to go back and rewatch a couple, it would be a lot. And so we decided to do the original ones. And I didn't rewatch any of them. I rewatched, I think I rewatched one or two of them like a couple months back, but I don't think it was intentionally for this podcast. I think it was just to rewatch them for the sake of rewatching. I think it'd be fun to watch some of the newer ones. Thank you for joining us for our ranking of the original Disney princesses. Our next book club is going to be Blue Skinned Gods by S.J. Sindhu, and that will be dropping on June 5th. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us your rankings of Disney princesses, or more importantly, tell us how you eat a caramel apple. You can send that to our email at zillenialspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at zillenialspodcast. And don't forget to rate and review zillenialspodcast on Apple Podcasts.